So thank you for your giving. Bless you for your giving. Because you know what? Our kids learned a long time ago that we've got more than God. Did you know that? We give God 10% and he lets us keep 90%. We got more than God. <laughs> because he multiplies to us everything we need. So, Father, thank you for provision uh, in every way. But thank you for provision financially as well. And bless and multiply for the sake of the kingdom, what we've all given, whether in this basket this morning or online or in our regular giving. So, and thank you for your provision of friends and family. See, some of you have already met these two wonderful family friends. And some of you haven't yet, but you're about to. Uh, Justin and Kelly are the outreach pastors with Catch the Fire in Raleigh, and they lead Embrace Durham which is uh, what God is doing to show the kingdom to Durham. So I've asked them to tell us some of what they do, but also to give us an impartation from their hearts of how we get so full up we can't help but overflow to the world around us, and specifically in our case, to the Myrtle Beach and Grand Strand around us. So I would love you please to welcome Justin and Kelly Reif. Thank you, guys. It's, it's wonderful. First of all, it's wonderful to be here with you all. You're a lovely, incredible extension of our family up in Raleigh and all over the world. Catch the fire. So we've, just, we've been enjoying our time with, with Mark and Jane so much and with some of you that we've gotten to spend time with. And we're just we're excited to be here and do family together, do life together. So. Give us a minute to get our get ourselves sorted. Um, let me just start with a couple things I was hearing while they're sorting this out. Um, so uh, the first thing I just wanted to share with you guys is um, I heard the Lord say you're a standard. You're a standard in your city, right? I felt him say, I saw him, you know, take like a flag and he just, he stuck it in the ground right here in Carolina Forest and he knew exactly where he wanted to put that flag Amen. and he knew exactly why and, and Justin's going to share a, a word here in a minute that he received yesterday. We had the lovely privilege uh, Friday night of getting to share with a few of you and um, go a little more into the practicals of what we do in Raleigh-Durham. Um, and then yesterday we got to go out with uh, a couple of you with Mark and Jane and Sherry and Carol and we got to walk and prayer walk some areas of your city and the Lord was just revealing uh, a few things about where you're at that Justin will speak into as well. But I felt this morning that he said you're a standard. Um, the other thing I was feeling over you um, was when we were in, some of us were in there for prayer this morning. and. There was this lovely moment, and, and you guys, <laughs> yes. does your city know you? Um, so there was this, this lovely moment where we were worshiping in the other room, in the prayer room, and praying together. And uh, it, it's that moment where everything kind of converges, and the Holy Spirit comes in, and our voices are all of a sudden together. Yes. But they're unified, but they're their own individual voices singing 
And that happened this morning, and it's one of my favorite moments when we worship and pray together wherever we're at, with family all over the world, really, the country and the world. Um, and I felt it this morning, and, and the presence was so thick and so powerful. And I felt the Lord remind me of some of the things we're actually going to share about today of, of what family means. And, and you guys here, Catch the Fire, Myrtle Beach, you are a family. You're an extension of our family back in Raleigh-Durham. Um, we're an extension of your family here. But I felt it this morning. I felt the Lord just speak into that and say it's really important that you stay unified, that you stay together, that you create this place of belonging for your city. And, and, and that does not mean that we all have to be the same. We don't have to have the same gifts, the same voice. So therefore, we don't have to be jealous of one another, envious of one another. The enemy loves to bring that in, and, and he'll do that any chance he can get, right? But I felt the Lord say, no, appreciate the different voices here. Appreciate one another. If you guys just even right now, look around the room at each other. Appreciate how different each of you individually are. And that's your differences that the Lord says. He brings them together, and he unifies you into this beautiful family. Um, and, and when we go out on the streets, Justin and I, we've been doing this for quite some time now with our teams, we all look really different out there. Um, we, have, we have kids from age, well, we had a three-year-old with us this week, all the way up to some of our team is up in their 80s and serving with us there on the streets or, or picking up food that we deliver to people. Um, and, and one of the things the city loves about that in the, is that we enjoy one another and that we're family and we appreciate one another and they see that when we're out there we we are all very unique and individual we have we have a couple from India that goes out with us um, we have another guy who's actually from India who was Hindu and gave his life to Jesus like a year ago his Brahmin Hindu and he goes out on the streets with us we have another girl who um, she's in her 30s single girl who just came out of the occult at a Todd White conference and serves on the street with us out there and and when we have people up in there their 70s their 80s and then we have children out there we have a family that's filipino out there we have we have lots of spanish speaking god's given us a lot of bilingual uh families because of the the need out in the city but when we come together we're the family of christ and you guys here you are the family of christ in your city so you are a picture of what the family of heaven looks like and the kingdom of heaven looks like all right, I'm getting too far into all this, but I just wanted to admonish you. I wanted to encourage you. I wanted to let you know that that's what I felt this morning, that it's really, really important that you continue to connect and see one another. And when you feel the enemy coming in, and he'll do this, he'll separate, he pulls the, the sheep away, right? When you feel the enemy coming in and he says, oh, look at them. They're, be they're better than you at that. You are to actually push against that. You face it and you say, no, I love him. He is my brother. I love her. She is my sister. And, and what they carry, there is enough of in this family. And what I carry, there is enough of. I am enough in this family. So I can fully appreciate them. And you will be blessed for that. So I just wanted to really encourage you guys in that as a family. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Let's start with some prayer. Father, we just... Uh, <laughs> We love you. We love you. 
We glorify your name. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our standard, and we get to be the standard in our cities because of you, because of what you did first, not because of, of what we can do really well or, or how well we speak or, or how well we, I don't know, how much money we make or, or the things that we do, but because of what you did first, because of your love, because you first loved us, we can love you and we can love others. Yeah, and we just thank you, Jesus, that you are moving in this place. You are moving in this city in ways that we don't even know of right now. You are moving across the land. You are moving in the land. We felt it. We put our hands on the ground yesterday. I could feel the seeds in the soil planted from the prayers of saints for generations, hundreds of years ago. People that, that we won't even meet, saints we won't even meet until we are in the glory land with you. And what a reunion it will be, Jesus. What a reunion it will be. And God, would you help us to bring as many as we can with us? As many as we can with us, Jesus. We pray for revival in this city, revival in Myrtle Beach, God. And we pray that as the church, God, we would be vital. We would be vital in our cities. We would be the place that nobody can live without. And I just, this, this scripture came to me as we were worshiping. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And I just felt him saying, I am watching over your city, Myrtle Beach. Catch the fire. I am building you. And those two things together, done in my name and because of who I am, when you partner with me, you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. When you are unified in my name and for my glory in your city as the church body, you are unstoppable. And so, Lord, we just give you everything we have right now. We lay it at your feet. I just give you my words and my heart this morning, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing here. Amen. Awesome. So this is uh, our little teaching is entitled, Does Your City Know You? Um, a little bit about who we are. Mark shared we're the outreach pastors, Justin and I, and Catch the Fire, Raleigh, Durham. Um, we're part of this wonderful family there. Come visit us sometime. We'd love it. Some of you have, and we love having you there. You guys are fiery and full of the prophetic and we just love when, when fiery, prophetic people come and visit and join in. Um, we have three beautiful daughters, Isley, who's 16, Eden, who's 13, and they are back home because they went to Carowinds this weekend with the youth group. It was much more fun than being with mom and dad. Ah, we're a little bit boring now that they're teenagers. But, um, and then Amelia, who is helping. I think she's helping in the kids' classroom. She's with us here. and Yeah, she's somewhere. She's 10 years old, and she's energetic, very energetic, amazing. She's a leader. Um, so yeah, as Mark said, we, uh, we run a ministry called Embrace Ministries, Embrace Durham. Uh, we started about five years ago. I won't go into the whole backstory, but basically the vision and the, that God gave us was the church. It's time for the church to remember their city 
to remember that they are a part of their city and to ask me who they can be in their city. And so I want, I want you two to be out in the city. I want you to gather the church and go out in the city and, and, and remind one another that you are a family and you are a family for the sake of your city. Um, and so about five years ago, we started just going out. We thought we were gonna be called to uh, foreign missions and we went down to Brazil uh, in obedience to something God was speaking, only to be more equipped to come back to Durham and for God to say from a place of family with Catch the Fire, and, and we have other churches who join us as well, I want you to uh, be out there in your city. And so um, I'll share a little more of what that looks like as we go. Um, we are working with uh, around 900 individuals a week in our city now. Um, we bring food out into the city and it, it opens the door for discipleship in homes. And so it's kind of the, just the model that God has given us and it works really well because we get in, we get in people's mess with them. We get out there and we're really passionate about the church getting out there. Um, and what we wanna, we wanna share today and really um, help uh, just kinda remind the body of is that it's actually quite simple. It feels really scary and it feels like you kind of have to have like this agenda or this thing or something has to happen. Um, but really Jesus is already out there and moving. So um, this scripture right here, I'm just going to read through it. We all know it. It's what Jesus quoted when he started his ministry here on earth. Um, why was Jesus here? Isaiah 61, 1 through 7. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Awesome. Well, I want you guys to just, we're going to do a little activation here, this little practice that I do sometimes with people that um, God just had laid on my heart couple years ago. Um, so I want everyone to close their eyes if you're comfortable closing your eyes. Um, and I want you to imagine something with me. Let's just imagine this together. Imagine that this church here, Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach, you guys, you are the church, right? It's not the building. Imagine you packed up, closed your doors, and left. And you were just gone. You're just gone, left, didn't tell anyone, just closed the doors and left. Now I want you to imagine, what would your neighbors, the people around you, the poor, the hurting, the orphans, the single moms, widows, businessmen, businesswomen, businesses, teachers and schools, and the city think? Would they say, 
Good riddance. They were the worst. They didn't tip well at restaurants. They cut me off coming out of the parking lot on a Sunday morning. They were snooty, grouchy. They didn't smile at me. They didn't care well for us, their neighbors. I'm glad they're gone, those Christians. Or, even worse, would anyone even notice that you were gone? Because maybe you just kept to yourselves? Your conferences, your events, your services, your socials, your ministries inside your building, would they ever miss you? Or would they say, oh man, where did they go? We really loved them. They loved us so well, those Christ followers. They took care of us. Crime was down because of their presence. Poverty was being eradicated. We were well-fed and cared for. We knew we could count on the church. And now they're gone. What will we do without them? So you guys can open your eyes. So I just want you to think about that. I want you to think about what are you known for and who will you be known as in your city? And that's not just now. That's for eternity, right? Eternity. When you look back, what will you be known for? Individually, together, as a family, what will this house be known for? Will it be a house that had closed doors, that never went out? A few years back, I had this, I kept over and over at Catch the Fire Raleigh-Durham, I kept having this. Remember the song, here is the church, here is the steeple, open the doors, and here are the people? And I heard the Lord say to me, are you going to be this church with its steeple closed? Are you going to be this church, right, open? And he kept saying to me, the inside-out church, transparency, transparent walls. I kept hearing it over and over, the inside-out church. Let's be the inside-out church. And I was sharing it with our staff. And, and what does that look like to be so open and involved in our cities that people know the inside of the church, the part of the church that actually matters, right? Not the building, but the people. And I just think of Isaiah 61, 1 through 7 again. And it, it wasn't, he wasn't quoting a scripture that was, well, I'm in the temple, I'm, I'm just here, and I'm sitting here, and I'm reading the word, and I'm, he was in there reading this word, and it was about being out there, it was work, it was going out, it was, it was freedom for the captives, you have to go out to that, rebuilding, that's a physical act, rebuilding the, the long, devastated walls, the city, he was involved, and he was present, and he was saying, I am equipping you to be present to your city, I'm equipping you to do the works in your city, Every single one of us. There's none of us that are not called to that. We're all called to be the church of our city. Um, God's not afraid of the dark places. He's not afraid of our darkness, the darkness in us, right? He came in, and he brought his glorious light. He, he loves to show up. That's where he loves to show up is in the darkest places, to bring his light. Jesus modeled that when he was here on earth. He hung out with the people that nobody wanted to hang out with the Jewish people did not want to hang out with. Christ followers were looking, who were following him, they were like, you're crazy, you're radical. You're spending time with, with the prostitutes, with the sinners and the tax collectors, right? And so I always say, I said this a long time ago, we were in a preaching class and we were in the school, the school at our church, and I, when I did my first preach, I said, God spoke to me and he said, 
I'm not afraid of your darkness. He's not afraid of your darkness. And so if he's not afraid of your darkness, then he's not afraid of the darkness that's out there in the city. Yeah, I get that say off. Cancel. Say cancel. cancel? <laughs> say it? Just say cancel? Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. so technologically, yeah, I'm not advanced. It's not coming out there. Anyway. Anyway, um, I'll keep speaking. So when we were first starting with Embrace, when we were first, we, it was just us, gathered, we said, what's in our hands, right? What's in our hands? We want to be faithful with what we have. We didn't know what to do. We'd always followed everybody else's vision and everyone else's ministries. We'd been on mission trips. We'd served in, under other leaders. We'd followed other people into what God was calling them to do. And so God said, I want you to start in your city. And we came back to catch the fire of Raleigh-Durham. And we're like, okay, well, what do we have? And, and we looked around us, and we, we realized we had friends, and we had enough money to buy water bottles and make sandwiches, and we had a city that was in need. And we basically asked him, where do we go first? And we, we felt him say, to the darkest place, the place that needs me the most, right? And, and when I say that to you, I want to speak to that in you. That may not be the same place in your city that it is in ours. It may be your next door neighbor or a school that's really struggling or a business where somebody has just really like their, their, their business is caving and they're in a really dark spot. For us, it was uh, East Durham. And East Durham is the place that when we moved to Raleigh, everyone was like, don't go there, don't move there. That's really scary. Everyone gets shot there. It's the drugs, the prostitution. And so we're like, okay, well, that's where we'll go. We want to go where it's the darkest. And so we started going there, and for some reason, we shared this the other day, we chose to go at night, too, not just like during the day. We chose, oh, let's go at night. And so we started going to East Durham at night, and we were like right in it, right in it. And we started bringing sandwiches and water down there. It started with one person and a group of us, and we were just being family and loving people, and it was really fun. And we just had fun together, honestly. We had no agenda other than to meet a need with the water and the sandwiches we had physically, like a practical need, and then to ask God to open the door for the spiritual need and then begin to minister into that. And it was, it was so much fun. And to have fun, to have fun. That's actually one of our values at Catch the Fire is to have fun. Um, and people loved it. They're like, your family, you guys love each other. It's a lot of fun. But in the early days, we would work, we would, well, we still do this, but we would get together and worship together and Justin's in my house and we would, um, in our house, and, and that's so funny, in Justin's house, in my house, anyway, uh, in our house together, we would worship, and, um, and God began to give us keys for our city, and one of the keys he gave us, and I believe he'll do this for you too, and is probably already doing it, we got some of those over the weekend as we were praying together, um, one of the keys he gave us is I was, we were in worship together, and I had this open vision. And I, and I say that, I felt like the vision was like we were all having it together. But I was just kind of like speaking out what God was showing me. And I was in the middle of our city in these really dark areas, and, and we were together, and we were at the bus stop where all the drugs are sold. People sell their plasma, and then the drug dealers stand there. There's a plasma center, and then they trade the money they just got for their plasma for drugs. And it's just this awful ongoing cycle in their body. And we're standing there in this vision, and then we're standing on Holloway Street where the girls uh, prostitute and the hottest heroin corner and all of these places and the vision that we've been going. And, and in the vision, we're standing there, and I notice this man 
And I get, I get really emotional about this. And he's standing in all of those places with each of those people. And he's wearing jeans and a hoodie sweatshirt, and he's got a cap on, a baseball cap, and his head is bowed. And he's in each of the places, just hands in his pocket, hanging out. I heard the Holy Spirit say, look closer. And I looked closer at him. And as I looked closely, he raised his head, and he had the most beautiful eyes you've ever seen, the eyes of fire, right? And he looked me straight in the eyes, and I knew it was Jesus. And he said, I'm already here. Will you join me? Will you join me? And it wasn't just for me. It was for the church. It was a very bold invitation for the church. And in that moment, we realized that we weren't taking Jesus to people. It wasn't us and them. We were joining in the kingdom of heaven in our city. He was already there. That's where he likes to be. He likes to be with us, and he also likes to be with all the people that we don't like to go to very often. We're scared of, or we just, we're like, oh, it's too much energy, or we're more comfortable here, right? And, and the thing about Catch the Fire, the thing that we carry is we carry, we, first of all, we carry a revelation of the Father heart of God. Our city needs that, right? Catch the Fire started out of a revival that was in a building that God was doing and bringing many people to the building, right? Mm -hmm. But I believe that Catch the Fire, and a lot of Catch the Fire believes this, we've talked with a lot of the leaders all over the world, that in this season, God is saying, take that revelation now and bring it out into your cities and into the world as the local church in your city, not, not some far off, I mean, they're great, do a far off mission trip. We've been on plenty of them. They're amazing. You learn a lot. But what about your city that needs a consistent love of the Father, right? We have seen incredible breakthroughs and healings in our city by just being out there. I'm going to share about some of those right now. He's not afraid to be there. People are waiting for you in your city. So let me share about, first of all, budget in. So we would drive down. I actually, before we started Embrace, I would join another ministry of a friend that we went to the strip clubs and the prostitution houses at night. And we would bring gifts, and we would just minister to the girls there. And um, every night, I was in the school of revival at the time, the ministry school. And every time we'd go down, I'd drive past this motel in Durham. And I didn't really know Durham yet. We were living in Raleigh. Now we live in Durham because God called us directly into the city where we minister. Um, and, and I'd drive past this, this motel, and I would begin to weep in the car. This happened for like six months. And the Holy Spirit would say, you need to go there. I'd be like, what? And we didn't even know we were called to Durham yet. I'm like, what, what? And he'd say, you need to go there. And so for about six months, you know, we graduated the school. I wasn't doing as much with this ministry anymore. And we went to Brazil. We came back. And I continued to hear it as we began to minister down there because it was right where we were ministering. And, um, and along about that fall, we had some friends from England and Ireland who were evangelists, who are evangelists, come over and join us out on the streets when we were first starting. And we, um, I had told him, my friend John, about this motel. And he said, one day as during the week, um, he said to me, hey, he said to us, Lydia, God bless you. He said to us, <laughs> he said, let's go there. 
And I was like, yes, let's go there. And so Justin and I and our friend Dermot and John and Trish, we all prayed together and we made cookies and we had this feast we were throwing that week out in this park where there's a lot of drugs, drugs dealt. And we made invitations to this free feast for anyone in the city. And um, so we took the invitations, we went, got together, we prayed. And while we were praying, Dermot goes, our friend Dermot goes, I feel like there's somebody at that motel who has been waiting for you and has been praying for the church to remember them. We're like, oh, wow. So we go over to the motel and we walk in and like, we just, honestly, we, I felt on it. The first thing I felt was really lame. Like we had this little plate of cookies and this place is tough. Like there's a lot of, of dealers there. There's a lot of girls prostituting. There's a lot of like, it was just like tough. And we walk in with little invitations and, and our cookies and some hot chocolate. Yeah, and we're like, we're in the center and there's like this courtyard it's, and it's, it's bad there, like it's really run down. And we're standing there and we're just, people are coming out on their balcony and looking at us like, who are these guys? Like, what in the heck? And so they start to come down and we begin to minister and, and share the gospel and pray with people, hand out cookies and invitations. And then this, this woman comes like stomping from like the office area across and she's probably like 400 pounds. Like she's a big woman and she is just, she looks like she's on a mission right to me. And I, yeah, and I'm like, oh, party's over. And she's like, um, she's like, I'm the supervisor here. And I'm like, oh, and I'm about to apologize to her for being there. And I'm, I'm saying, oh, we just want to bring cookies and we'll, what, you know, we're just blessing people. I'm kind of apologetic. And she goes, no. And she starts to cry. And she goes, you don't understand. And she spoke Span- mostly Spanish, but enough English. And she said, you don't understand. My daughter Rosa and I have lived here for seven years. My, my little 10-year-old daughter Rosa and I, we lived here seven years in one of these rooms and I cleaned the rooms here. And she said, a church used to come here. And she said, a year ago, they just stopped coming. And she said, Rosa and I, every single day, have been praying that the church would remember us and we've been waiting for you. And she said it. And she's bawling, and she just hugs me in this massive hug. And she begins, she knows everyone there. This, her and her daughter are like, the, everyone in their city knows them. She was our, our ticket in. She began to knock on every door. Everyone's coming out. We, we, like, there weren't en- she grabbed the cookies. There weren't enough of us. She grabbed our invitation. She's introducing us to everyone. And we're praying with it. And we couldn't even, like, we couldn't lay our hands. I remember, I was like, and I'm just standing there watching our team. I'm like, there's not enough of us. We really need the church. And there's so many people, and we're praying with them. And they, a lot of them come to our feast that next day. Rosa and Maria, I'll show you a picture of them. Okay, so this is Rosa, Maria, and Edgar. So Maria is the woman I was talking about on the right. And Rosa's her daughter, so that's her now. So Rosa... We became very good friends, and Edgar is Maria's husband, very good friends with them. They began to do ministry with us over the years, um, and then we had a vision, a dream, to get them out of that motel and into a better situation. Rosa and her daughter Maria had been living there since Rosa, I think, was four or five, and before that, they'd been homeless and also living in a homeless shelter. And they used to dig out of the, um, when we met them, they were digging out of the trash cans for food for themselves to survive. And then they were giving it away to everyone. Like all the, all the prostitutes in Durham knew them, the girls who were prostituting, all the, like everyone knew them because they were a safe place. And they were giving away and God wanted to meet them, but they needed the church. 
they had gone into churches before and been told to leave because their clothing was not clean. Um, one church particularly told them that. And, and so they just didn't know how to enter the church. But the church in, on that day entered into their space and their lives got changed. So we went through a journey of four years with them. The Lord provided, their dream was to have a, a four bedroom, a three bedroom house with a yard, which they were living in a motel room with roaches and bed bugs everywhere. And Rosa ended up getting raped at one point when she was 14. She used to spend the night at our house all the time with our daughters and go to youth group. She ends up getting raped um, after going to a friend's house after school one day. She's a really good girl. And um, somebody put something in her drink, an older guy, and long story short, she ends up um, pregnant. Doesn't even know she's pregnant until they get in a car accident. She went to youth camp with Catch the Fire and our kids. She'd been spending it at our house. Um, and gets in a car accident the week after youth camp and finds out when she goes to the hospital that she's pregnant. She didn't even know she'd been raped and it was it was awful but long story short she kept the baby that's angel and he's incredible and now rosa they are in a, not a three bed first they got a three bedroom house we prayed with them for their dreams and we we began to just ask the lord he opened every door for them that edgar got a really good job in high point north carolina an hour away we connected him with our friends church there and now they have not only a three-bedroom, they have a four-bedroom they've moved into with a yard. And Angel's much older. And um, Rosa graduated high school early at age 16. Um, and she is a full ride, has a full-ride scholarship to High Point University, is in architecture school and business school now, getting her degrees, wants to start her own kingdom business when she gets older. They're raising the baby together. He's incredible. They're incredible. God is absolutely incredible. And their story has just completely flipped because the church was willing to go and be with them. Yeah, and bring cookies and hot chocolate. And they have blessed us in turn. They're dear friends. Um, this is Lori over here on the right. So Lori is now with Jesus, but we met her because we were going to the park and doing these feasts and then bringing groceries out. And she found us one day, and she had been on a crazy amount of, of drugs. Crack was her drug of choice. And God had met her and um, completely healed and delivered her of it. And we began to join in um, to her story and became really good friends. Um, about a year and a half ago, she got cancer and um, began to, like, really waste away it was heartbreaking but she was um home became homeless around that time as well so she was literally going through cancer sleeping on the floor of some guy's house because she had nowhere to live and um and we would come in the end we were like her only friends and she like to the point that she couldn't even bathe herself because she had bone cancer in her arms and one day called me crying and said, she was so ashamed, and she said, Do you, I've never had to ask this before. Do you have anyone who could help me bathe? And I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't think I've ever done that before for someone at all. But um, it just so happened my friend was coming up from uh, Knoxville that day, and she is a nurse. And she was like, I would love to help you bathe Lori. And we were able to bathe her in just her complete weakness, broken. She had wasted away to nothing. And um, my friend was able to even, she had 
um, tubes in her kidneys and that they put in at Duke and um, was able to change all her bandages and love her. And we lo got to love her and journey with her to the moment she died. We were there, my other friend on our team, Sue and I got to go during COVID. They, we, they won't even let you into the nursing home, but we got to, she finally got into this, not a great nursing home, but um, we went over there, like her daughter called us and said, she really needs you. And we went over there and we got to soak her in her final days with, with just this incredible um, moments of prayer and soaking and rub her feet and lotion her legs. And, and she would have had no one, no one there if the church again had not stepped in. And now she's with Jesus and we know we'll see her again and we'll be able to worship him together and remember how good he is. And so down here, this is Ariana. Um, and this is a this is a harder story as well, but I'm I'm sharing these to let you know that um, the end is not the end, and there is there are points that we get to interrupt people's story and come in as the church and and change the dynamic and change what's going on. Right when we choose to step into our cities and step into the lives of those who um, we normally would not interact with because we're, we're busy, we've got a lot going on. So Ariana, she, um, she was 15, and we met her family several years ago as a single mom with six kids living in a car, and um, we began to just kinda help them, our teams, and get to know them. They got into some government housing eventually, and um, Ari was just, she's just, like she's, she was 13 when we met her, she received the the she received Jesus and she received the um, baptism of the Holy Spirit in a park with us and she made her sister Takara come over and receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit as well. I remember that day because we were like, yeah we remember I remember that day because we had to um, we were we were doing a feast in the park anyway. So Ariana, um, her mom passed away very suddenly during COVID and they were orphaned. They didn't have dads either. And then last, she began, so she, we began to have her into our home. She was going to youth group and stuff with our kids. And Justin helped her learn how to drive with our daughter. So she was learning how to drive. She didn't have a dad to help teach that and get her her first job and all these things. And, um, and then last December, there was a shooting and she and seven, there were seven, six kids in a vehicle at two in the morning and a man sprayed bullets into the vehicle over in this area, McDougal Terrace, that we go, and she was instantly killed, um, instantly lost her. And um, it, was, it was one of the hardest moments we've had. We've lost a lot of people out there. Um, and we went to her wake and her funeral, and it was all open casket, and it was just really a lot of grief and a lot of pain. But um, now, we choose to focus on the fact that she is with Jesus, right? Because again, the church stepped into her life and we will be with her again. There will be a great reunion with her. And for that moment, she had a father and a mother and a family that was able to walk alongside her and believe in her in ways that others hadn't. And so anyway, I say all that, you, you probably it's, you have some things to share as well. So I'll let Justin get up and share for a bit, but. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share some stories. So Ari, actually one of my first memories of Ari, um, we were at our feast and um, she and her sister approached us 
do you remember this? And she goes, I want to get baptized. And we hadn't actually spoke to her about baptism, but she came, she goes, I want to be baptized. And we were like, there's no water around. Okay, what do we do? Uh, we'll figure something out real quick. And I think it was Kelly. She goes, well, there's two baptisms. There's one of water and there's one of fire. Pick one. And she goes, I want the fire. Give me the fire one. And so she, she grabbed her, her younger sister, Tay, and she goes, come on, we're going to get, we're going to get, blasted in fire right now and and then they did yes. and then she they did <laughs> yes and so i'm gonna uh quickly well actually you know what it's father's day i'm a dad and i've been given a microphone so we're gonna do a we're gonna do a dad joke if that's okay cool. it was a little heavy in here so we're gonna lighten it up a little bit all right what did the enemy say when he heard that jesus rose from the grave he said, no way. But what did all of God's children say? Yahweh. Yahweh. But don't worry. I leave at the end of the weekend. All right. So I'm going to talk about belonging, actually. What does it look like to belong? Because we are talking about family. Um, and the first place of belonging was a place called Eden. Open up your Bibles. Genesis 1. And Eden actually was created out of the wild and the waste. It was created out of a place of chaos. And so if you look around your city and you think this place is wild and wasteful, <laughs> there's a lot of chaos going on. God has always been in the business of creating his kingdom in a place of belonging over the wild and the waste. And so remember that. And so Eden actually is the joining together of God's space in our space. It's a place where he dwelt and we got to dwell with him. And actually the, the place of belonging, humanity's first day was actually the day of rest. So he created us and then it was the Sabbath. And we just got to hang out with our father. And if you read Genesis, one thing that you'll notice that I noticed, actually, was that there was day one, and it was sunrise, sunset. Day two, sunrise, sunset. Day three, sunrise, sunset. Four, five, six, sunrise, sunset. But the seventh day, there was no sunset. It just goes on and on. So we have been invited into a kingdom where the sun doesn't set. We've been, in king we've been invited into a place where our rest can be eternal. And so that's, that's who we are. That's who we are, and that's what we get to bring into the, the world around us. And so uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I was born as a baby and lived a few years and stand before you now. Um, before I got here, actually, I was a, I was a wild and wasteful child. Um, I was a very difficult child for my parents. I'm very thankful that they did uh, keep me, <laughs> not kick me out of the house. Uh, they had every reason to, every right to. I was the kind of kid who, um, in seventh grade, I asked my mom if I could dye my hair green. She said no, and so I dyed my hair green, naturally. I asked if I could have a mohawk. They said no, so naturally I gave myself a mohawk. And, um, and I became very interested uh, in... Uh, kind of the wild, crazy things, the, uh, 
this is me, actually. So that's me breathing fire. Uh, I became very interested in the circus arts, um, kind of the uh, crazy people, actually. I, that's where I find my sense of belonging, actually, was in, was in kind of the crazy and the nutty and the, the I mean, that's supernatural, right? Right, the circus is, uh, is, it should be like the church. Because the circus is where you go to see uh, the unbelievable made real. But that's the church. We don't get to like, we don't walk on tight ropes, but we do raise the dead. Right? We see food manifest before us and multiply out. So people get up out of wheelchairs. That's a lot more fun. And so... Uh, I uh, almost, we were two years into our marriage, uh, and we went to a circus, actually almost joined the circus, um, and so uh, that's a true story. Thankfully, uh, we did not join the circus. It wasn't until we were made pastors that we realized maybe we did join the circus after all. Um, so anyway, back to the garden. Um, I, uh, actually, more about me. I was loved into the kingdom. Actually, I, I grew up in the Lutheran church. I kind of always had this overarching belief in God, uh, but I didn't really know who he was. I certainly didn't know what he, what he was to me. But some people came into my life um, who loved the wild in me and actually were able to create a seedbed of the kingdom and call it forward. And so I was loved into the kingdom. Uh, I wasn't convinced into the kingdom. I wasn't strong-armed into the kingdom. I was invited in through love uh, because love covers a multitude of sins. And I, I, uh, if there's one thing I want you to get tonight, it is that love covers. And so when you go out into your city and you love your neighbor, sometimes we don't go because we're scared. We, we're going to say the wrong thing. We have this this is my moment, and what if they don't get healed, or what if they, God doesn't provide, or what if I say the wrong thing? Go in love. Love covers. He's your safety net. When you were on the trapeze, he says, go ahead and do the double flip. It's fine. I've got you. I've got you. Love is your safety net. So in the garden, um, we see a few things that God gives us. The first thing he gives us is goodness. He gives us choice. Our choice gives us consequences, either good or bad. And then, our and then we're left with the condition yeah. of our choice. Um, the intention was that we would choose God, that we would choose to trust his story, that we would choose to trust what he said was good and not what we would deem good and bad in our own eyes. But this is going to be about belonging, okay? And so... The first thing that we discovered that was not good in the garden was that we were alone. That we were alone. And remember, we're, we were entered into a day of rest. Individual, individualism, pride, arrogance is exhausting. And it's not, it's not good. And so, one, not good. But the way God multiplies is he takes one and he splits it. And he says, now you're two. And then he takes the two and he says, I actually want you to learn to become one again. And out of that oneness is multiplication. One becomes many. That's how God sees us. Fruitful multiplication. 
And so take what you have, learn to work in community, learn to work in family as one unit, as individuals, and you will see the kingdom multiply. Our condition is now we are now disconnected. We live a life of separation because of the choices that we've made. Disconnected from God, disconnected from each other, disconnected from the land. But there's good news. The kingdom is at hand. This is how Jesus does it. This is how he expresses it through the Lord's Prayer, or as Jesus, he just called it prayer. And uh, if you have a smartphone, I actually pray the Lord's Prayer every day at 9 o'clock. The morning is the most difficult time for me (laughs) in life. And so uh, I choose to try to pray the Lord's Prayer at my most difficult hour. Uh, And so I want to encourage you now, if you have a smartphone, get it out. Set yourself a reminder for the most difficult time in your day and just put a reminder, pray the Lord's Prayer. We're going to say it here together in a minute. Actually, just say it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, so what does this have to do with belonging? Well, the first thing is uh, in the Lord's Prayer, something I noticed is that there's, there's, a, there's a separation here of God's space and then our space. And so in God's space is the first part of the prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then there's our response. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So here we have God's space, your kingdom come. His kingdom coming corresponds with our space, that he's our provider. And if you notice the, the language, it is the one and the many. It is not give me my daily bread and me, 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 mine, 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 mine. It is us and ours. It's one thing you can do is when you thank God for what he's provided for you, you can actually thank God. What this is inviting us to is to thanking God for actually providing for the person next to you. When you're in the grocery store and, there's that, and you buy that loaf of bread, thank you, God, for my daily bread. And thank you that there are extra loaves for the people that come up behind me. That we get out of ourselves. We get out of ourselves. Your will be done. That's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. That we go into the world and we do his will. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And remember that we were for, we remember that we were forgiven, which gives us the ability to forgive others. And then of course, right in the very center of that prayer is the meeting ground of heaven and earth. God's space in our space. The kingdom at work. Where there's no temptation 
and we are delivered from evil and all of life, life's hurts. And that's a joy. And so now, um, I think it's a really good time to come to the Lord's table. And I think we're going to do some communion together. And then when we do, after communion, uh, we're going to do some prayer and impartation, if that's okay. We're going to give it away. Because there's more than enough. Cool. So we can't give what we haven't received. We're going to receive first. And then Justin and Kelly are going to pray with us, for us, <laughs> impart to us that we can give away the life that we're receiving. So Father, thank you <laughs> that you went first. Yes. You knew about brokenness and you went first. And you allowed yourself to be broken to make us whole. You wanted us to be united. So you poured out your blood that we would all drink the one cup. The cup of the new covenant that makes us one. So we receive your invitation now to come and receive your brokenness bringing my wholeness, your blood making us all one. Thank you that you've called us to belong because you're our Father. So come on, children. Come and receive. Gather in little clusters as you receive to be thankful, to receive the elements, and most of all, to receive Holy Spirit for one another and with one another. We are united by this meal. So come on and receive. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that you've invited us to your table, that you have made room for us at your table. <laughs> that there is nothing that has exempted us from entering in to the feast that you've laid before us. Mm. Yes, and Lord, as we gather up here together, we remember, God, that as we gather, we also create a place of belonging, as Justin talked about. There is room at the table for everybody. And so, Lord, we just thank you, even as we're praying, even as we're receiving your gift of communion in remembrance of you, that we would remember those, Lord, in our city who don't know you yet, who need family, who are hurting, who are lost, who are hungry, who are ready, and so, Father, we thank you for family. We thank you that the Trinity is family, that you are family, three in one, and that you have invited us to that table. Thank you, Jesus, for the extension of your kingdom, Lord. Yeah.
So Lord, we right now, we thank you. We thank you for the bread, God. We thank you that this is a representation of your body. This is in remembrance of your body broken for us, crushed for us, torn for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you chose that, that you had a choice just like you've given us a choice. And you chose the cross. You chose to be broken. You chose to be crushed. You chose to take our sins upon your body and to be nailed to that cross on our behalf. And so as we take this today in remembrance of your name, Jesus, we are remembering that as, as, as we crush this with our teeth, this piece of bread, you were also crushed, and we are taking you in. We are taking that in. So we do this in remembrance of you, Jesus. And Lord, we just remember that the life is in the blood. That in in the old covenant to enter the, the tent of meeting, a life had to be sacrificed and its blood scattered all over the place. Not that we can remember the death, but that we can remember the life that was given that allowed us to be in that space. Jesus, we are now the temple. We are now the tent of meeting. <laughs> We carry it with us, and we take this blood right now that you shed for us. Remember the life that you gave, that you demonstrated, that you lived first, and now you said, we, I, I share it with you. It's a life of power and authority. It's a life of life and health. It's a life of belonging. And so, Jesus, we just take this cup right now. And we join our life with yours. Thank you, Lord. So would everybody like to just gather around, maybe a big, a big circle, kind of come up here. So when we went out yesterday, um, we stepped out of the building and... Uh, I had noticed a few things, and the first thing I noticed was the address. Uh, it was 220, and then I noticed all the, the places that are associated with this building, and I noticed that it was alignment. It was alignment, body, mind, spirit. We've got a chiropractor, we've got a counselor, and we've got a church. Yeah. <laughs> In 2.20, the Lord led me to Proverbs 2.20, and here's what it says, which is your address. 
uh, it's 220 all the way to the end here. It says, so follow the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous ripped out from it. And we just declare that right now. That the treacherous will be kept out of this space. And that this is a place of perfect alignment. Lord, that the first thing, it's first things first. We walk in the land of Eden. We walk in the new Eden. We walk in the kingdom, which is perfect alignment with you. God's space and our space together, combined. Thank you, Jesus, for body, mind, and spirit. Thank you for the way that you created us. Help us to take care of our bodies, to take care of our minds, to take care of our spirits, but that first and foremost, we remember your love. And remembering and walking in who you created us to be and the identity that you made us and the truth that you made us is, per, is the first step to perfect alignment. That's the best adjustment we can have. Whew. Whew. So I release that over all of you right now. Perfect alignment. Perfect alignment right now. Yes, thank you, Jesus. We're just going to begin to pray over you guys. Just, just receive. It's, just, it's the Holy Spirit. It's nothing special about us. He's in us, though, right? And that makes us special. So, Lord, we just thank you right now, God. We release an impartation, God, an impartation for revelation for this city, God, for this city on Father's Day, God. We thank you, Jesus, for what you want to do in Myrtle Beach, in Carolina Forest, in Conway, in all of these areas, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for a revelation for this body, this family, God. We thank you, Jesus, for a revelation of your love, God, for their city, of your love for their neighbors, God. We thank you, Jesus, for everything you are doing, God, that you, right here, catch the fire, Myrtle Beach. You are a family to the city. You are a standard in this city. You are a standard, and God is raising you up as a new standard in this city, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to release dreams, revelations. You want to release visions for the city, God, that these guys, Lord, would know exactly what you are speaking, that they would declare a different word over their city than what has been spoken in the past, God. We thank you, Lord, for your indwelling spirit, Lord, that you are the creator of this land, Lord. But you have given these guys ownership over their land. I just hear him saying, own the land. Own the land. Take ownership. Take ownership in the spirit and then walk the land. Walk the land. I have given you the shoes. I have given you the gospel of peace fitted to your feet to walk the land, to call it or up, to call it forward. I just hear the Lord say it's easy. Walking in his love is not difficult. It's a joy. It's fun. It's fiery. I just hear remember your story. Remember your story. Remember your story. Ooh, the future is unwritten, but we know the ending. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Lord. Now, give it away. Put your hands on your neighbor. Put your hands on your neighbor. Whatever it is that you're feeling in your body right now, 
Whatever the Lord is doing in your body, give it to your neighbor to your left and your right. Do not forget you've got neighbors to your left and your right that want what you have. Give it away. Give it away. We are a family here. We are linked arms. I just feel like he's breaking off fear and anxiety right now. That there's been just almost like this, um, this, this spirit that's been trying to bring fear, especially at night, into some of your hearts. And I see him taking it and removing it. He's just pulling it out, pulling it out from your heart. Pulling it out. We thank you, Jesus. Fear and anxiety be gone right now. By Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be gone. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, a greater revelation of your peace. And rest, yes, Lord. Rest. Rest, Jesus. I also feel like some of you here have had this, um, this burning, this burning to do something more, to go to the people around you, to share the gospel, to bring healing. It's just this burning, but you've almost felt stuck. And I feel like right now God wants to un- unstuck you. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> unstuck you. Like, like you've almost felt because the enemy has come in and said, uh, oh, it's too big or you don't have enough or you're not good enough or you don't know where to begin. But he's unsticking you. He's unsticking you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come here. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like some of us need to know that love is not love unless it includes a love of your enemies. And so we need to take a moment right now. And I think when I, I, think when I said the word enemy, we all had a picture of somebody. <laughs> And I want us to take a moment right now and just bless them. And we forgive them. Maybe it was the 501. Maybe the 501's your enemy. Right? We bless the 501. We spent some time yesterday blessing the 501. Ah, Baba. (laughs) It's real life. It's the land. This is our land. We bless the land. Don't let the enemy take it. Don't let the enemy take it. It's yours. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Belonging, 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 belonging. 
Keep receiving, keep receiving. Holy Spirit, keep receiving. Lord, we want more, more of you, more freedom, God, to give away, more freedom to step out, to be who we were made to be, God. Thank you, Jesus, you're bringing more freedom in this place, more restorative love, restorative love, the restoration of the Father's hand upon CTF, Myrtle Beach. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And Lord, we just pray right now for ideas. Ideas, creativity, a new level of revelation and creativity to reach the city, God. We thank you, Father, for all of the things, Lord, that you have in your heart. We thank you, Jesus, that we have nothing to give unless we receive. And, and, and I just really believe, knowing Catch the Fire as a whole, we are really good at receiving. And so just keep being good receivers. Continue to receive from him. But don't allow it to stay. Give it away. Don't allow it to sit. It's like the, it's like the manna in the desert. It's like if they gathered too much, it just rotted. They only were to gather just enough of what they needed. And God wanted, wants you to gather what you need and then give it away. Don't let it rot. Don't let it become stagnant like a pond. Let it be a river, a river in your city. And I just feel like some of us, some of you guys are asking like, what or what do I have? But... It's that faithful, what do I have? Well, I have this, or I've been given this gift. And, and, and it's almost like you're like passing over it, and, and you're looking over the gift, the very thing God created you to be faithful with. The very thing he gave you as an individual to bring to your community here at Catch the Fire as a church and be faithful with in your city. And that's the very thing he wants to use. And the more you're faithful with it, I hear him saying, the more he'll increase it, the more he'll give you because you've proven yourself faithful. You've shown yourself faithful. What's in my hand? What do I have? What do I have? Whatever it is, I feel like the Lord is saying, do something with it. Give it away. Use it. I will show you. I will bless it. I will open the doors of grace for it to, to move and flow and increase. I am the God of multiplication in your life. I am the God of multiplication in your city. Yeah. We just thank you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love who you are in this place. We love your flow, God. We love to flow with you. We love to flow in you. We thank you that you've chosen to abide in us and asked us to abide in you. Yeah, and I just see this picture of, of where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. But some of us have forgotten that we're actually connected to that vine. 
And we're just trying to be branches and we're forgetting that there's actually, we're not a healthy branch unless we're connected to the vine. And, and I feel like there's someone or a couple of you in this room I'm just hearing have been maybe felt a bit disconnected from him. And he's saying it's time. It's time for you to remember. It's time for you to remember your connection with me is everything. Your connection with me is everything. You without me are dead. You in me are fully alive. And there's a, just this, this place you've maybe lost intimacy with him, and he's saying, I want your intimacy. I am so jealous for your intimacy with me. I am so jealous for you to be intimate with me. Give me your mornings. Give me your afternoons. Give me your evenings. Abide in me. Abide in me and see what I can do with your life. See what I can do through you. It's so exciting. Thank you, Father. Yeah. So just as we close today, um, just I encourage you guys. Jess and I encourage you. We've already talked with some of the, the others here we went out with this weekend, but I think they're choosing a time that they'll probably talk about to go out once a month and be in the city. It's very simple. God will use it if you are faithful and consistent, right? And so it's very simple. It can be picking up trash together in your city once a month and praying for it or twice a month, something manageable. Um, it could be bringing water bottles out. It could be th- having a picnic and bringing enough for others. So you see this circle, everybody? This is the wall God is building to be a safe place to gather many into. It's the wall of unity where it's safe to be gathered into. He's turning curses to blessings. He said to Abram, go to where I send you and I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And when we say the word Father on Father's Day, the very next word that comes to most of our hearts is blessing. Father's blessing. And so as the Father in this house, I bless you to be a blessing. I bless you to be united. I bless you to be blessed by your heavenly Father. And wherever he takes you and wherever he sends you, I bless you to be a blessing. So Father, thank you that you've just begun. There's much more to come and we are excited, just like little children, to see what is coming next. Take us by the hand, every one of us. Lead us where you want to. Use us as a blessing. That we may rejoice in what you do. And be united together in your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.